season opener in Philadelphia, sitting in my hotel, writing what was basically going to be a season preview column. I came to the extraordinarily premature conclusion that the East Division, as much as everyone was going to sing about it and talk about how it's the best, it's the deepest, was going to be decided ultimately by a dearth of good goaltending. Well, what do you know? Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. Comes your way every weekday morning if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer up Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates. Penguins beat the Bruins 4-1 to last night at PPG Paints Arena. I was there covering it, and I don't know that I've been more impressed by Tristan Jari. Actually, at any stage of this season than I was for this one. There were big swaths of this, especially when Boston was on the power play, where I would stop watching the action, meaning the skaters, and just watch him. Part of the the beauty of being at the game and why I'm so happy that there are 2,800 people there that are allowed in now and enjoying this little stuff, you know? Jari was aggressive, smart, reflexive, dynamic, athletic. But you know what he was more than anything? He was in control, and he was in control of his crease area against Boston. That's not a small thing. That is not to be underappreciated. Because they will come and crash you, and they did it. They did it to Jari. They were not about to let him get off easy. I mean, they rarely do, but coming off of eight losses in their previous 12 games, we had a pretty good idea they were going to come in in a bad mood, that they might get chippy, and they did. They did. They got dirty, actually, early on. And, you know, the usual suspect, particularly Brad Marchand, with a really ugly stick across the back of Teddy Bluger's neck. And there was other stuff along the way, and it didn't included going into Jari. He never backed off. He never flinched. He never lost any of his composure in any direction, meaning either becoming passive as a result or getting too aggressive and losing his brain. He didn't do that. And it was it was really impressive, almost as impressive as it was to hear him discuss it with us afterward. I think I'm just tracking the puck a lot better. I think I'm keeping it between my shoulders and keeping it centered. I think that's been helping me a lot to stay in front of the pucks and making myself as big as possible and just trying to take as many pucks in the chest as I can. Oh, my. Never, never, ever wonder how it is that Jari keeps his cool. In trying situations, this dude is a flat line as much as it gets for that position. Um, and I, I say that in a nice way. He's a, he's a nice kid. It's just there's 
there's not a whole lot that comes from his mouth that is uh, headline worthy. Let's put it that way, which is something people in in our business are always uh, measuring, which I'm sure you can understand. He was outstanding. I've maintained, beginning with that column, beginning with that column the night before the season started in Philly, that the East Division was going to be decided ultimately by goaltending. Now, while that might sound like a stance that's, you know, pretty boring and predictable in and of itself, I don't know that people at the time were really looking at who the goaltenders are in the East and who are the guys that are capable of stepping up and making a significant difference, a season-changing difference, for their teams. I went through the stats from last year. The only goalies who were better, and it's plural, the only goalies who were better than Jari through the entirety of the 2019-20 NHL season were the Boston duo of Tuka Rask and Yaroslav Halak. And I haven't separated them because I don't know that the Bruins do. Yes, Rask is the starter. Yes, Rask also bailed on his teammates from the Toronto bubble. Another story entirely. But they see, Bruce Cassidy sees Rask and Halak as being right there. They just, they share the net. It's back and forth. They're both kind of up there in years. You don't want to wear down either one of them, but rest assured that when the playoffs start and it's game one, it's going to be Rask, assuming he's healthy, which, of course, he's not right now. So the Penguins knew they were going to see Halak. They've known this for a few days. And they've also seen that Halak has played a lot of hockey lately, and he is an older guy. So they did something smart. Evan Rodriguez got the puck on the left boards and just said, Puh, okay, shoots it, goes in somehow. Jake Gensel passes up a golden opportunity in a slot to pass it to Sidney Crosby at a terrible angle over by the right edge of the goal line. Halak makes it over in time, but the puck squirts through. You say what you want about the shots and whatever, and I'm not one to take credit away from people scoring goals. Sid did well to get the puck off, but those are two eminently stoppable shots. And at the other end, Jari was making 42 saves. The only other goaltender, and this one is singular, that I brought up as having maybe a chance to kind of ascend into that territory among East Division goaltenders. And there's a reason I'm limiting to to the East, by the way. You know, it's the only thing that matters in this particular regular season. Only other goalie I had up there was Carter Hart. Just from a pure potential standpoint. You know, everything that he's always represented to the Flyers and their future, uh, the way Ron Hextall protected him over there and how that got headlines on the wrong side of the Commonwealth and everything else... And it looked like he'd been coming into his own hardhead, uh, including in, in, in Philadelphia's playoff run last summer in the bubble. It looked like this kid was getting it together. And then he didn't. Then he fell apart, especially on the road. The Flyers are looking like a team that's dying 
I mean, they, they don't look like they're going to miss the playoffs. They look like they might drop below the Rangers the way they're going right now. Why? Goaltending. Goaltending, goaltending, goaltending. Hart's been a disaster. They have to rely on Brian Elliott. Elliott's played way above Elliott level, to his credit. But he's still Elliott at the end of the day. Who's left? Give me a goalie. Give me a goalie somewhere in the East who's impressing you, who, who you say is going to be the impact guy. Semyon Varlamov? No thanks. Show me one thing Varlamov's ever won anywhere. Okay, end of discussion. He's woefully inconsistent, and any numbers that he does produce on Long Island are going to be because of Barry Trotz's system. Who else? The Rangers' kids? They've been a complete mess. They don't know what to do with Alexander Georgiev. The Devils have pretty good goaltending in Mackenzie Blackwood. It just doesn't matter where they are in the standings. So I feel very comfortable throwing him out. And obviously, same goes for Carter Hutton. Did I forget anybody or is that it? Oh, Washington. I don't trust their goaltending either. You've seen that. You've seen that firsthand. Vitek Vanacek's been their main guy because of injury. And at times he's had nice stretches for Washington, but again, you've seen the Penguins just beat this guy and rather easily with your own eyes. Jari's not better than Tuka Rask. I'm not losing my mind here, okay? I'm not taking this conversation to where you think it'll have some great grand ending. Tristan Jari is the best goalie in the East Division. No, Tuka Rask is that until he's not. Right now, he's not even playing. The Penguins face the Bruins again tonight, same time, 7.08 p.m. face-off. It'll be interesting to see how either team goes with their goaltending if, if Boston turns to their number three, whose name I don't even know. Or if the Penguins go with Casey DeSmith in back-to-backs, especially with Jari getting the workload that he did in this one. I don't know, but I I do know this. When the Penguins go into any game right now, any game, it's clear that they've got the goaltending itch. And with everything else that the Penguins already have slash had, meaning the scoring and The superstars waking up, especially at 5-on-5. The power play getting going. The defense settling down. The commitment to the team defense. Uh, That's a pretty good situation. That's a pretty good situation. When we come back, just one question. Back time for just one question. If you'd like to leave one, you can do that by visiting DK Pittsburgh Sports. Find the article that contains this podcast and leave it right there in comments. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you always by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. They're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need in western Pennsylvania. They're here for you. 
when you need them. Go to pittsburghfoodbank.org slash get help to find food near you. Today's Just One Question comes from Craig Chambers, who sent this after the the game last night, asking, driving to and from Youngstown for the game tomorrow, is there something fans should be aware of, or am I looking too much into this? I thought this would be a, a good time to bring this up because not only are we seeing games occur uh, more regularly now, more routinely with the 2,800 fans, but yesterday the governor of Pennsylvania, Tom Wolf, announced that capacities were going to be raised uh, for outdoor facilities to 50%, for indoor facilities to 25 And the 25% allows the Penguins to get the place up closer to 4,000 and change. And that's going to be before long. Is there something to be aware of as you're coming there? I, I would say this. Uh, based on the several games that I've done, and I'm referring specifically to Pittsburgh, not experiences that I've had in other places, uh, and every city is different with this stuff. Other than the very first game, when the Penguins weren't able to get enough ushers on super short notice and everyone was pretty much free to do what they wanted uh, and there was a lot of not mask wearing and a lot of not following regulations and n- no one there really to say anything about it. In hindsight, I'm, I know for a fact that the Penguins consider that whole thing to have been a mistake. They would rather have waited couple extra days to let everybody in but they got excited they wanted to open the doors and and that was that since then since then it's been outstanding Uh, from the parking lots to the waiting lines to get in you're seeing people uh, spaced out not mingling although I did see one group uh, over in the civic arena lot uh, hanging around with no masks. Now, for all I know, that's all one giant family, you know? I mean, you, you don't know unless you walk over and start asking for people's papers. But the line to get in on Center Avenue by the Lemieux statue and the line to get in the main entrance down on Fifth Avenue, fans were spaced out with no one there directing them to do that. Uh, they were just respectfully keeping five, six feet away, whatever it was. Uh, In some cases, just staying way off to the side until the doors opened and everybody could kind of go in. They went in slowly. Nobody was in any big rush. Inside, I'm not seeing issues. I'm just not. I reported on the ones that I saw early on. So I'd like to think you can trust me on this. I'm seeing masks everywhere. I'm seeing... uh, people using the sanitizers. I'm seeing people uh, staying spread out on the concourses when they're in food lines. Uh, Lots of usage of the same restroom, meaning the restroom that's dedicated to your section so you don't have people cross-pollinating everywhere. Uh, When they're told after the game to leave via their designated exit, they're doing that. You're not seeing any exits get overcrowded. Uh, that's been that's been pretty uplifting to see. Uh, I could see where someone would look 
at the Penguins and what they're doing and think that 4,000 or whatever the number uh, is going to end up being the exact number is going to be very doable, even under these circumstances where the virus is still very much with us. And I believe in Pennsylvania we've reached a point of about a 20% vaccination, which is 50% lower than where we need to be, meaning it's got to be at 70. You still got to be careful out there. You still do. Uh, We've seen spikes in other countries of late, bad spikes. And I got to tell you something. I'm beyond sick of this thing, and I'm not interested, just me I'm talking here, in seeing it make any kind of late third period rally. You know, let's just bury this damn thing once and for all. The best way to do that is to be safe, nice and easy for another couple months, and we'll get there. So, yeah, your experience is going to be, it's going to feel like you're just at a hockey game. You know, it's a good crowd. They're really into it. They enjoy the games. They enjoy, I think, the responsibility of having to be louder to compensate for the small size of the people that are there. It, it's it's good. It's good. It's been fun. The crowd last night was an awful lot of fun, uh, including torturing the refs. By the way, torturing the refs took a while for everyone to get used to again. Congratulations to everyone last night for pulling that one off. Thanks to everybody for listening to this. We'll do another one tomorrow. And Craig, I hope you have a good time at the game tonight. Point Park University, in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door. Your car. Your gym locker. Your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.